0: we don't have to forego our love and lovingness and feminine energy. We can't lose one to get the other. That is our power.
1: Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com DreamJob and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Also, thanks to Indeed. Indeed makes it easy to connect with your applicants. It's the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is doing something no other job site has done. Now with Indeed, businesses only pay for quality applications matching the sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash DreamJob to start hiring now. And thanks to Shopify. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like myself the resources once reserved for big business. For a free 14-day trial and full access to Shopify's entire suite of features, go to shopify.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is such a fun episode. Gabby Reese is here and I already knew that she was someone who was extraordinary, but she turns out to be so just... Her inner world is equal to all of her accomplishments, both with athletics, volleyball, and all of the beauty. It's like her inner world was just so incredibly nourishing just to listen to the way that she sees the world and who she is. And even in being in this journey where she's just gone to such heights to see that she stayed so much in Alignment. You know, it's one thing to be a supermodel and an Olympian, but it's another thing to do all of that and really remain so connected to your truth through everything that's going on around you. So I look forward to sharing this conversation with you. And I also wanted to let you know that yes, the Malibu retreat is next week. It'll be August 1st through the 3rd. It is sold out, but last minute, sometimes people might cancel. So if you want to get on the wait list, you can go to kathyheller.com slash retreat. And since that sold out, we wanted to create something next. So we did go ahead and book a two day, very intimate luxe retreat. This is for 14 women only. It's going to be at Casa Del Mar in Santa Monica, September 6th and 7th. We're already selling spots to that. This is a different thing in the sense that it's super intimate. And the most luxury experience we offer, it's only for 14 women. If you want to get in on that, you can go to kathyheller.com slash Lux and grab your spot there. All right. So let's get into this whole conversation with Gabby Reese. She, if you don't know, is a former pro volleyball player, model, health and fitness leader, podcast host, speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and Nike's first female spokeswoman. I remember hearing her name because I also went to Florida State University where she did and she had played indoor volleyball and broke so many records and then she went on to be a pro volleyball player and competed in the Olympic Challenge Series, FIVB, Beach Volleyball World Tour and her team won the first ever Beach Volleyball World Championship. Not only that, but she was a star in the modeling world. In fact, Elle named her one of the five most beautiful women in the world, and she's been on the cover of Sports Illustrated, For Women, Shape, Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, and she's worked with the most elite photographers in the world. If that wasn't enough, Gabby and her husband, Laird, are also entrepreneurs, and they created their own companies, Laird Superfood and Extreme Performance Training, which helps people with their nutrition and training. Gabby has an amazing book called My Foot is Too Big for the Glass Slipper, where she boldly shares her real life ups and downs, talks about motherhood and career. And she really wrote this in order to encourage women to challenge traditional norms and find personal happiness. It's such a beautiful read. So make sure that you get a copy. Also, you can check out Gabby's podcast. It's called The Gabby Reese Show. And on her show, she talks with top experts like Jim Quick and Tony Robbins and Tim Grover and so many more fascinating people. And they talk about how we can navigate the universe of health and fitness and relationships and parenting and business i love the work that gabby is doing to help us all lead a more physically emotionally and spiritually healthier life it's so powerful how she has become such a lighthouse in so many ways for women both in our feminine and also to balance out in our masculine as well and we can embrace all sides of ourselves. She's so down-to-earth and such a deep soul. It was such an honor to have her here. Without further ado, please welcome the spectacular Gabby Reese. Gabby, this is just so cool. I've grown up with you, sort of, whether you knew it or not. And um, I also went to Florida State. Oh, wow. And you are a BFD. You're a big deal. And uh, especially there in the circles that I was in, you were like every woman wanted to be at all like you if they could. So thank you for blazing such a trail for us all.
0: Well thank you for those kind words. I think you know the older I get, the more I realize so much of life is timing. And I sort of feel like we're all kind of little portals and it's just our time to occupy these portals. It isn't usually us per se. Um but I've had weirdly in certain ways you know I would have had some fortunate timing.
1: You know what? It's so like you to come on and in the first 13 seconds, say something so powerful and spiritual. And the thing is that, yes, you've been, you could say fortunate because it's, it's, there's been so much yummy, beautiful things that you've experienced in your journey. And I feel like anything I've learned from having Deepak Chopra on the show or Marian Williamson on the show, or anyone like that will say, It is a matching vibe, right? It's a tuning fork. It's a boomerang. And there's something so clearly epic about you that's been there, resonant, since you were really young. That was just a match for so much elevation. And so I'm really curious to just dive into it and like hear about, all of it from sort of like your vantage point, because it's so unusual, right? That somebody so young is able to tap in to this zone of genius and to light such a fire that the
0: world goes, whoa, whoa, what's going on with this girl? What's this about? Well, I think like a lot of women or people for that matter, but I feel like there's this sort of extra layer with with women, which is I think we're all a lot of things and it's, it's possible maybe because of the way I grew up a little bit unconventional. I grew up a little bit in Long Island, New York, mostly in the Caribbean without sort of restrictions and, and expectations. Quite frankly, I wasn't, you know, nobody went to a good school where I grew up. I mean, there's sort of a running joke in my house uh, with my husband and I, that if like we were sober people who could pay our rents, we were sort of ahead of a lot of people that we grew up with the adults. And again, the more I've lived, the more I've really appreciated what was something that I was really frustrated about and angry about some things in the way I, my childhood went. So it propelled me, let's say it was a reaction So I learned to be really resourceful and self-reliant. I'm six foot three. You know, It was like, okay, this size was taking me in this direction. Like, do you want to go to college and hit a white ball? And I was like, yeah, okay, because no one can send me to college. I didn't even think I was going to college. So I would say that some of it in the beginning was certainly a reaction to, well, this feels like a good thing. And I would say this, uh, a long time ago, Jim Quick said, that um, we're all walking around with a question in our minds. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I think since very young, I want to say seven years old, eight years old, I've had two questions. And because I didn't always look with my parents, there were things about me that were sort of self-guided. My first question is, and I don't know if this is because I'm a Capricorn or whatever, we can load whatever ideas into it that you want, is what's the point? And so I never got caught up, even at 18, living in New York City by myself being in the fashion business, on a lot of snags that might have gotten other people. Because I'd look at things and be like, well, what's the point? You know. So I I think I naturally had a version of that. And then right behind that question was, for whatever reason, and it's again, something I've revisited a lot was, and what's the right way to be? And I I know it sounds weird. And I think it had to do with it felt really important to me when I was young. And maybe that's because I didn't see a lot of the adults around me doing this. Some were, some weren't. Like, what was the right way to be? What was the right thing to do? Because I felt like I didn't want to make those mistakes. So it wasn't really out of like some nobility. It was like, yo, I don't want to learn that lesson that way. Because it feels pretty tough. So I think I was kind of brought into this world with sort of those ideas. And it saved me probably a lot of time and just kept directing me towards things that maybe are overall towards the positive side of the scale.
1: That's amazing that you kind of had this part of you that was like a witness to the whole thing at a very young age, which people can find that sort of dance with their consciousness with like getting out of ego they can sometimes we find that in meditation or we find it through uh, other sort of spiritual pursuits but at a young age to be able to have like a drone view and go what's the point of all of this it really takes you out of like you said those snags because
0: your ego is not attached in the way that most people are and it's a little, unfortunately, I'll be honest with you, it's a little utilitarian. I have to say sometimes- <laughs> like, this is the the downside. Well, yeah. It's like, that is the downside. Like, there's so much beautiful nuance in like flowers. When I see people who go to the store and buy flowers, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't have, like, the, my side of my brain is going like, I've got stuff to do, checklist, that's going to die in five days. It's going to make a mess on my counter. I just- <laughs> So what's the point sometimes needs to also be reeled in yeah. towards there doesn't need to be a point as long as it's the things that enrich you in the real and deep and way. Not, you know, I have a friend, we joke, she was given a yellow diamond. Um, she is so fabulous, right? Like we couldn't be more different. And I remember thinking I would never, even if you offered it to me, take a yellow diamond. Cause I'm like, what am I going to do with that? Right? So I mean, unless it's like you can trade it in and buy a farm with a well because you know you need water, like whatever BS. So the utilitarian Mm -hmm. part I have to say has been the thing that I really have to work on because it's not very fun. That's the other thing. It's all cool. Like, oh, wow, you work so hard and oh, sports and all this stuff. But there's a part of it that's like, and my husband has asked me, he's like, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, my life for me being like everyone's healthy. My kids, you know, they don't hate me. Like the houses, you know, it's like, these are the things that always felt important. And I don't mind breaking rules that are made by men or humans per se, but I always felt really afraid to mess around even as a kid with like the cosmos or the universal laws. So I think there's both, right? Like I'm happy to break rules here or ask questions. So uh, let's not make it too sexy. It has a lot of perks. It'll keep you out of trouble. But then you need to build in the layers of sometimes the fine detail.
1: It's interesting. And uh, I think about your dad. And it's just striking because my husband lost his dad when he was a kid, unexpectedly. And in our life, in our marriage, he's similar to that. It's kind of like what's the point? Like he, he has a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. And he also has this, I don't want to, you know, kind of mess up on a spiritual plane. And there's this sort of, mm, maybe a little bit of resistance to really celebrating or having a lot of fun. And I've explored that with him a little bit. And when we kind of get down to it, he's like, well, you know, I guess as a kid on some subconscious or conscious level or both when something really big gets taken away like the moon in the sky is no longer is there there's no moon in the sky then I don't really feel like indulging in celebration because what if something gets taken away I'm just curious if any of that is resonant
0: it's probably definitely part of it I have to say you know Discussing my father's death, I wasn't living with either one of my parents when my father passed away. He died when I was five, so there was a loss, but it's different than, like, for example, your husband living with his father. All of a sudden, the next day, somebody isn't coming home. So I, I, I want to frame that correctly, but also my mom, tempor- you know, she left for a few years and came back. So absolutely, there's a reaction when you're a two-year-old when you're being raised by another group. That it's like. You're focused on surviving. Now, the thing that's important to hear about that is that every person goes through things. And what I have come at the other end of this is that story and that reaction is just not necessary anymore. That's right. And I moved out on my own at 17. I was completely financially independent by 18. I bought my own apartment at Florida State at 19. So I've been for a really long time okay right like i was so like let's lock it down like let's get secure right and i met my husband at 25 it's like it's been okay but it is you know it's like you hear people talk about scarcity mentality or those kind of elements so it's trying to keep those traits moving in your favor and then saying to the person that you were it's okay i've got it like it's cool You know, like it doesn't exist anymore. I I was listening, Byron Katie is a friend of mine and I was re-listening to What Loving What Is and this guy was in the war and she was talking about how long were the bombs? And he's like, well, two weeks. And she goes, yeah, and 55 years. It's like, I don't want to keep that story alive. And, you know, like she talks about, I just love reality. You know, it's like, I would like to keep striving towards those ways of being. And I I fail all the time, but it's certainly, you know, and, and it's more dangerous actually when you've been successful with
1: it. Oh, this is so juicy. I'm loving that the audience gets to know that not only are we having this conversation, but that you have a podcast, which we're going to talk a lot about because I'm kind of blown away that you're not only such a rock star in so many ways, but then the way in which you put words together is just, and I've done 650 of these episodes, including hanging out with Byron Katie, who I just love. And you're really kind of a phenomenon like your ability to make sense of what's going on here is probably it's equal or even more of a standout than like your athleticism like really you're you're quite like plugged in which is so cool to get to be on the receiving end of this conversation and I had that experience with Byron Katie too where I was talking to her and she's like let me coach you for a second like oh god here we go And then I tell her three things and she asks me four more questions and it leads me to talk something about my childhood. And then she's like, see, there's no problems. I just made all the problems disappear. And I felt this part of me go, oh no, I want that problem. Please don't take that away from me. Yeah. And I'm amazed that at that young of an age, you, I kind of see you as like this real life Star Wars character. I'm like, she's like there, she's got it. She's like, finds the force and then uses it. And it's just so powerful when you see women, right? From this 30,000 foot view, which you have, you've, you've, had it for a while and you see them getting stuck in those snags and you see them hitting resistance or not allowing this epic next thing to just be. So what's in the way for them? What do you see that's in the way? And, and what do you have that you've learned that you want to throw them a, a line?
0: It's a great question, and I, I've actually thought a lot about this for probably thirty years. Is because I think I'm—I definitely feel like a feminist because I—I I mean, I live in my masculine quite a bit. I work. I feel empowered. I never felt like uh, half the population was against me, um, and so I guess for me is it's scary to sit within yourself and to say, this is what I would like. This is what I would like to go for. This is who I would like to be with. These things are all very scary. And so sometimes it maybe feels easier to delegate that it's not happening because someone's not letting me. And also men are more comfortable with being isolated or unpopular, you know, separately from like, I'm sorry, you don't like it, suck it. This is just how it is. And no matter who we are, most women, um, because we're taught, like, is that okay is, You know, to be nice and all these things, I get it. I always say the only women that I've never seen that suffer it quite this much are usually women that grow up with brothers, because they learn a different language early, like even rabble rousing, and like, it's not personal, and it's they true. switch gears and things. And like, you want to get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right after they've had a fistfight on the basketball court. Like, it's, it's just an easier thing. I'm an only child, so I I, you know, this... And also to say what you want. And so, and it's very hard to be unpopular, I think, when you're a female, no matter what we say. And, and then so you, know, you see women circle around 40, could be sooner, could be a little later. They usually go, oh my God, I'm too busy for this. Like I, if, you, if they choose to have kids, then they're too busy with that. And then if you want to add work and if they have a relationship or if they are work or it's just time. So what I would say is this, life is unfair. And when I look at things, I could say, well, this felt unfair, but then I could conversely look to the other side and go and look at how unfair this was in my favor. So it swings all these ways, right? Like, hey, life period is unfair, but to sit and go, this is unfair, is unproductive. But to get in there and say, well, within the situation, I would like to be a part of the changes And typically blaming people without action or plan is just kind of complaining and whining. And and by the way, um, if let's say, for example, you were trying to get a group of men to hear you, they don't actually hear a lot of complaining. They hear, I feel like this, I need this to happen. That's how they hear. And so, I find it interesting that women have to then also be willing to offend some people, even her fellow sisters.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's, I'm going to make a terrible analogy, but I watched Bill Burr the other day talking about feminism and how it's not going to work and all these things. And how is it, why is it job, men's jobs to watch women's sports? Like, you know, know that whole routine. Okay. So, but the thing is, it's true. Yeah, It's true you know, as rain. And so it's right as rain. And so for me, I look at that and go, I'm going to get involved. And if I'm not involved, I'm not going to complain.
1: Yeah. It's so true. I was just asking my agent last week, why do you think Joe Rogan is where he is? And she said, oh, he's unapologetic period. That's it. He's just unapologetic. He's just willing. He's authentic. Right. Like um, this is my truth. And that is what it is. And I'm moving on. Like, that's it. So it's powerful. And I want to say something about being powerful, which is to piggyback on what you're saying. I see so many women and you just expressed it so well. They want to be pleasing. They want to belong. They want to be liked. It's exhausting. And so often they are sacrificing so much for that. And I think about you, and especially from the time that I was aware of you and just this like magnetic beauty, right? And what's interesting though, and like nuanced and like rarefied about you and the oxygen you breathe and the oxygen you give is it wasn't just, oh, here's a beautiful human being. It's like powerful. There was something about you. It wasn't just like, oh, here's another beautiful body of a girl with a face. It was like behind your eyes, it was like this force, this power, this standing in your skin, like really owning the freaking space. And that I hadn't seen in a model. I hadn't seen that in anybody, forget a model in any girl that I had known. And I think about how many women I meet. And I think you're so cute. I got it. You're so sweet. I understand you've made that clear. You're so likable. Yes, but you're also freaking so powerful. Where is it? Bring it to the table. Come forward, please. Ah, oh, Right. So that's what I
0: want to ask you about. Okay. I'm going to confess. I had a really beautiful mother, like very beautiful. I'll tell you two quick stories. I saw very early the limitation of that power. And I'm not talking like, oh, she's attractive. This is a beautiful woman, six, two and a half, and like walk in the room and stuff's happening. Right. But the, the, the power, the true power in that is very, very limited, shallow, And then the other thing that really taught me this was simultaneously to playing ball at Florida state. I was modeling. I've told the story before I literally was in a gentleman's uh, named Albert Watson in his studio. He was a very famous photographer. And if you were working at Albert's studio, you were very fortunate. And I was there with another model who was extraordinarily beautiful. And, you know, she didn't seem particularly more happy. She wasn't more bold, uh, more confident, more, you know, and she was, in our terms and definition of physical beauty and stature, perfect. Okay. I got in a plane. I fly to Tallahassee, Florida. I go to a stinky Tully gym and I'm there with my teammates. They're sweaty, maybe a couple pimples here and there, imperfect, a little bit, butts are too big because everyone's big because we eat bang iron and whatever. It's just the way it is. So confident, so robust, so full of life. And I thought if I was drawn towards something more than something else, it wasn't, I could appreciate this aesthetic, but I, what I realized is the power was in how you felt about yourself and that if you were willing to work really hard and also develop a skill and sort of Take a sense of who you are, not try to be that's one blessing of being six three at 15. I gave up a long time ago trying to fit in or be like everyone else. Right. It's never happened. But I'd love to say I was so wise, it just forced my hand. It was like you're just gonna get there sooner because it's just it's hap- that's how it's happening. But what I want to say to people is, is all the people that we're truly drawn towards are the people that aren't leading with, hey, do you like me? Am I pretty? Um, is my hair nice? My handbag matches my shoe. We're drawn to people that it feels like they're walking around really as who they are. And it's almost like they have a secret. So maybe they've busted their ass in some way. And also they're not afraid of you, right? So if I meet another woman and they get right into my space and space, and they're like, how's your day going? I'm like, this is who I want to know, you know, versus, so that that we're not threats to one another like we're in it and you have your real estate and I have my real estate and I I'm kind of intrigued by what you have going on and so certainly sports because by the way fashion you learn it and in sports cuz there's just a lot of badass girls and you just go yeah great i'm not going to fight this i'm going to celebrate this but i got to i have to keep paying attention to who i am and also keep saying Who am I also still trying to become and work hard at that and take ownership of that and do that and not just give lip service to that? And what you find is it's imperfect. Let me tell you, I look in the mirror some days at my age and go, holy cow, it's just not the way it used to be. But it seems a lot easier.
1: Oh my God, it's like medicine to hear you for so many reasons. But one of them is that I feel like myself and so many women that I meet feel as though as we dream about this future, this thing that we've always felt called towards, we feel like having it at some point would be so great and it would cost a lot on some level. It would cost our integrity or it would cost some version of our alignment. And I listen to you speak and I feel more than even here, I feel you. And I'm like, of all the things, right? Being this much of an Olympian and a model, an actual, like of all the things to not get bumped out of alignment, right? To be able to say the words you're saying, having been in that, in the belly of the beast, right? And you're walking through fashion shows and you're playing in stadiums. And this is what's continuing to swirl on the axle inside of you. It's mesmerizing, it demystifies because what we see from the outside is, oh, if she's gonna wind up you know, making that contract, there's some version of herself she just had to give away to do it. But you've come out the other side and you're continuing to do it, but like you come out here having been in it for a long time and
0: your vortex is clean, I- I'm amazed. But also let's keep everything really transparent. There's a part of me that also I don't know that more attention was really important to me. And there are days I'm in, I'll be honest where I'm like, oh, you know, because what attention does is attention brings up options. Like, what job do you want to take and who do you want to work with? What creative person?" So, attention isn't for me was never the sake of attention for attention. It was just like if I get enough attention, I can keep the options going, right? And I and I can I can, I can do that but there are times where it is a tricky dance of attention is connected to your business. It's really trying to control yourself. You have to self-regulate and there's a lot of stuff you won't do and you'll, you'll pay a different price for that, but you're always kind of aware of it. And also what's the point got me into, I have really good friendships. I have a, at least we're married still, you know, it's, it's been almost 25 years I joke, you know, it's every day you earn that every day. Right. Um, and I have a great husband. I'm not saying it's like, it's a battlefield, but I'm saying like, I wake up each day and I'll go, I'll do my best and let's see what happens. You don't assume like, well, we have kids and houses. So it's just going to go on and on. It's like, Hey, we're working for it every day. But I think that um I don't want to be fooled. And I saw the story all around me so often that it was like, Hey, money's not going to do it. Extra people telling you how great you are, isn't going to do it. Um, and there's actually a really good book. You probably know about it. Arthur C. Brooks wrote Strength to Strength. And I don't uh, know it. I know who a, he is. He's amazing. Yeah, It's a beautiful book if anybody wants to read it. And I think it's very clear in the end end, it's friends and family and some form of faith that really make us happy, truly. And there's so many stories about like, and if the early you're identified as quote, I say special, or you have a gift- the greater chance of being absolutely miserable in your later years is much higher. So I think for me, I saw the stories playing out all around me and um, I just thought, Ooh, I don't, I don't want to do that. But there's been times where I'm like, you know what, maybe I should have gone for it more, but I I've spent a lot of time in my real life.
1: I love this conversation so much before we keep going, we're going to thank our sponsors. I love it when making one small change makes everything become so much easier. That's what it's like when you start hiring with Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You can find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. I particularly love their sponsoring job feature because you only have to pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Plus, they deliver four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to TalentNAS 2019, and over 80% of employers who sponsor a job with Indeed's Instant Match get quality candidates whose resume matches their job description. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent and fast. And Indeed's doing something no other job site has done. Now with Indeed, businesses only pay for quality applications matching the sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com slash dreamjob to start hiring now. Go to indeed.com slash dreamjob. Indeed.com slash dreamjob. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love that sound. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. It's more than a store. You can connect with your customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. For a free 14-day trial, go to shopify.com slash dreamjob, all lowercase. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving you the resources once reserved for big business. Customized for you with a great looking online store that brings your idea to life and opens the doors to endless possibilities. I love that Shopify makes it easy for anyone to successfully run your own business. I know that sometimes the idea of setting up an online shop can be Overwhelming, but with Shopify, it's really simple. You can build and customize your online store without any coding or design experience. Shopify powers millions of entrepreneurs from first sale to full scale. And every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. They have resources that give you the knowledge and confidence to set you up for success. Plus with 24 seven support, you're never alone. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is a philosophy powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash dream all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash dream right now. If it wasn't already that we've had like, you know, a lot of conversation about things that are just not talked about every single day in this way. I think that alone, what you just said about your marriage, just that piece that is so unusual. And I know a little bit about your background and that is so uncommon, right? That people stay married, especially when they're living in the public eye. I mean, it's very uncommon. And I know for myself, having gone through just my childhood, my parents got divorced and then just so much turbulence there and my husband's dad died. So he didn't see a a marriage and there was a lot of pain. Mm. It's just been, wow. Like it's taken a tremendous amount of courage for me to face my stuff and be willing to sit beside the river and learn to receive or learn to not use my old survival stuff. Like it's, wow, does that take a lot? And you having come from where you came from, plus talk about options When you have attention, you know, I had Rob Lowe on the show and I said, can I I just say out loud that it must be a mission to stay married? Not because your wife isn't. She's adorable. I said, every second of your life, women can't help throw them. And he's like, it's true. What you just said is very it is something we have to talk about all the time. So it's like you happen to be one of the most beautiful women in the world. You also have the background you have,
0: and you are married. Like, but we don't have that. I, I'll be honest with you, because also it's an energy, right? I think men. I I don't mean this in a oversimplification way. I think, well, first of all, when you make your your marriage, and then if you have a family, a priority you know how to sort of tend to the garden, if you will. And that, you know, it's sort of like being waterproof so little drops can't get in because the problem is, is if you're not tending to the garden, things get fragmented and then there's sort of open doors, I think. I think it would be harder for men in a different way because first of all, men are, it's different. Like if I'm aggressed by a male or receive an invitation, I can sort of rebuff it easier. Like, oh, ha ha, you know, or, and actually my energy is like, most people are not flirting with me. They're just not, they're like, you know, it could be like a high five. And like, now I'm getting called ma'am. I mean, you know, come on, you know, I get these young male athletes and they're like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Um, But anyway, (laughs) and that's okay. Because you know, it's interesting. Like when women talk about like when they walk through the city and nobody's looking at them anymore. And I'm like, okay, if a 22 year old guy whistled at me, would I be like, let's go to the hotel room? I wouldn't. So why do I need that affirmation from them? And I'm done having kids. So I don't need to biological signal the whole planet. Like I'm over here. It's like, I'm good. I want to be people. I want to own businesses and be people's bosses. And as long as my partner is looking at me, like you want to go upstairs, I'm good. You know, <laughs> but you just have to, you have to tend to that garden. I have to make the invitation. It can't always be his invitation. Um, and I asked Laird actually, cause he's weirdly, I think built for monogamy way more than me. And he's like, I go, what, what is it with you? And he's like, I want to be happy.
1: <laughs> I love your impression. Of it.
0: You know? Yeah. And I, I think in a way I go, cause he's like all the guys I really looked up to when I was younger, had this whole thing going where they had this, you know, this relationship and they were men to me, not mm. guys who were like, you know, doing whatever and whatever. But I've been together with my husband for almost 27 years. And I will say that we had to almost crash and burn at least two times before we sort of understood the gift that it is. If you find someone you actually really love are attracted to and admire and can kind of get into it with. Yeah. And so how do you take care of that? So I didn't stumble into it like, Oh yeah, we got this right. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, we had to kind of go, should we break up? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. No, we shouldn't. Okay. Let's not. So let's be clear. Some of it's just learning the, the communication, but you know, it's an energy and you can't feed those needs by hoping someone, you know, desires you. Cause that's just a never ending situation. That's not only going to cause you a lot of heartache, but it's going to kind of take you nowhere. And by the way, I had a lot of fun before I met my husband. So, you know, (laughs) know, like, you know, I didn't, it's something crazy, but I was like, Oh, what's that? Ooh, what's this? And okay. You know,
1: yeah. I went to Florida state and uh, I know the fun that is to be had there too. And I can't imagine on your level and then living the life that you've lived, how many stories, good stories you probably have. But in that moment, when you guys decided not to crash and burn and to come back together, what's one thing or maybe two things that you realized you needed to sort of press play on
0: in order for this to sustain itself? Well, I give my husband actually a lot of credit. I'm very prideful. And uh, Laird is, is the one who really uh, sort of allowed me to go through being scared of intimacy, because of course it's not going to work out. And he was always there, like with his heart out and his neck on the chopping block. So what I will say is that um, he gave me a little bit of room to be scared. And then I realized it's all a risk, everything we do. And why do I need, what does Katie call it? Like a uh, past futuring? Why do I need to be reacting to things that are not happening why don't I spend time in the moment and enjoy it and the thing I didn't know how to do well that I have learned is not to be afraid of confrontation I'm very non in a certain way I didn't want to rock the boat and so I didn't know how to really clearly say hey this is how I'm feeling and that's not going to work for me or are you going to be done with this soon and uh, when you talk, like, I had to say that Laird and I had a little thing the other night and I go, I don't need to be reprimanded by my partner. Like, you're not my dad. So let's figure this out, you know, cause he can stomp around sometimes. And I'm like, usually I'm bulletproof, but on this day, I was like, yeah, no, I'm yeah. not going to get reprimanded by you. And in my twenties, I don't know that I would have been able to do that without being hysterical first, like get so pissed off and then freak out. It's like, yo, that's just not working. Like, what are we doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I we, We've we had like, I think more than two of those moments, like probably six moments where I thought like, that's it. I'm out. I'm pulling the plug. And again, he's similar where uh, he kind of gives me tether to be really scared. And um, what I learned for myself, which is kind of juicy and interesting is that as Esther Hicks would say, like the reality I thought I was observing, I was creating, And then it was like, wait, I can be such a badass and like manifest in other things when I just see it and allow it to like, just be there. And then it just, it's just a tuning fork. It just shows up with him. It was always so hard. Like I would sit down to meditate and then I would sort of feel into some of, some of us would show up in my meditation. I just feel all this resistance. And it was like, oh, I can't believe in the possibility that my marriage can feel as good as my career or my kids, or anything. I couldn't fully receive that. And then it was like, oh, so then he keeps reading that signal. So what if I just fully mm. believed in in that, and I held a steady vibration there? It's like then it's amazing what he becomes when I do that. It's just crazy amazing. And I say that also to piggyback into maybe something else, which is like people want to look around and this is like something Byron Katie would say too, and like point to all the ways in which they're right, that other people are helping them have what they want or not helping them. Right. Whereas I look at you and your life and I said this when we started, but there's, there's no way to contend with the fact that you were available for this much expansion. Like that comes from your soul. that comes from your signal. No one can perceive reality for you. No one can focus attention for you. Nobody can vibrate for you. It was you, so young, so willing to be available for this field of infinite this, what this has been. And so I ask you, like, I sit with so many women now, hundreds of thousands, millions of people write letters. This, And they see the world as, oh, I couldn't possibly do this. I'm not enough. I'll never make a hundred thousand. I'll never be able to have a better relationship. What, why, 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 why constantly signing off and co-signing scarcity when you can choose from this buffet and you knew how to do that
0: so young. I want to confess one thing to you though. Yeah. I think it's important. There's a part of me that really always felt like I wanted to be a certain level of success, but I saw a big, really big success, like really big success, ruin everyone. I knew their lives, the collateral damage on their lives was really significant. And so my next thing I have really been working on is trying to get rid of that ceiling too. Interesting. Because my, my real life, my relationships, my children, my friendships, that's always going to be the number one. I knew, you know, from the beginning that that's, that sort of well-being was going to really be the most important thing for me. And so now I'm trying to think like, okay, well ideas, if they're really uber successful, then that's just the representation that, that, that idea was right. And it worked out and you did it the right way. Not, it's now going to be a representation of something that can hurt my life. Cause I, you've seen it i'm sure with people that you've interviewed it's like man the world thinks you're awesome and your bank account is like beyond but you're in a just a shit show in your real life oh yeah and i don't i i need it the other way so i'm just confessing to you so that i'm being accountable to like even the stuff i'm managing which is like i can put a governor on things like oh that's good that's a good amount of success oh that's cool you know <laughs> because it's like oh not too much cuz it might you know And also, sometimes it's the thing of you're in these dynamics in a relationship, and it can be tricky if the outside world in that definition, you become more successful or more powerful than your partner, even though if they're greatest, baddest ass, I have the most masculine, attentive, incredible husband. There's always a voice and sometimes in the back that's like, oh, got to keep those scales kind of even right? Cause girls have to deal with that. And I don't care what anyone tells me. So it's, it's managing all this nuance that you, no matter how many years you're together. And my husband's very successful. There's these dances that you're trying to figure out for the first time.
1: I totally hear all of that and have been navigating that. And I feel like that's a whole other podcast about women who no, 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 no. It's so good. Like how many women now are just in a different lane and don't want to, you know, bump into static with their husband and are trying to keep expanding and yet make sure his ego feels okay so that they can just have a a sense of like polarity in a, in a sexy way. Like it's, there's a lot of interesting things about that I've learned. All right, before we wrap it up, I just want to take a quick ad break. If your doctor can recite every line from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off but can't remember your name, it's time to get a new doctor with ZocDoc. ZocDoc makes it easy to find quality doctors in your network and in your neighborhood. Plus, with real verified patient reviews, you can find the right doctor for you, one that actually remembers your name. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, or get that mole checked out or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. Their mobile app is so easy to use. It's as simple as getting delivered to your house. You can search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. Plus, you can read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. So when you walk into the doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com and find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc as their go-to whenever they need to find and book a quality doctor. I know that finding the right doctor who actually fits your schedule can be such a hassle, but taking care of our health is such a top priority. So I love that ZocDoc is making this process convenient and headache-free. Go to ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash dreamjob, ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob. Let's talk about your podcast, because okay. now that we're talking, like I said, I'm, I'm so excited for our listeners that they can go listen continuously to you. What made you want to take that journey, having all this other stuff going on? You're like, oh yeah, a podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that.
0: Well, you know, I in 1992, I did my first television show uh, with MTV. I had a show. I was hired basically by MTV and a guy named Dan Cortez to do MTV Sports. And so I started interviewing people a long time ago and then I did another show and I would write columns and the whole thing for me is I really like learning and also I like it when it's not about me. I really enjoy that. I'm perfect. Like yeah, great. Like you know the word producer, I would have been a very good producer or director. Um I just do the other stuff because it's, you know, feeds it feeds the things I'm curious about. So for me it's a it's forced learning and I I really my hope is this, I have had the great opportunity to be sort of at the sharp end of the stick in a lot of ways in the self-care or health space. Now, how do we make that message simple, actionable for people who are overwhelmed in their life? And also, how do we make that feel inclusive? What I started to really understand is that like health and organic and like all this stuff was it was becoming more and more of this exclusive uh, proposition. Yeah. So my thing is, if I can be a facilitator or a bridge and simultaneously selfishly continuing to keep my foot toe in the water about, hey, what is going on? What is available? That seemed worthy of the time.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that you just added that piece because I didn't even really get that. I kind of knew that you were doing that, but I've I've listened to some of your episodes and, and the fact that that was part of like this whole you know, sort of focus is so important because I do think, and I'm kind of allergic to it, how many people just get so overwhelmed by taking their health into like account as number one priority. And they just like push it aside. It's like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> you know, like we've had Dan Butner on this show and we've talked about the blue zones and it's like, you can read it in black and white. These people live a long time. Why? It's these nine things. Just go do them. And I say to him with tears in my eyes, So why don't people do this? You have evidence, you have so much. And he goes, I don't know, they can't hear it. Like, it's like, it seems so overwhelming. It's too hard, right? So because that seems to be the trend, what's one little thought or one little concrete thing in addition to a thought that might help us lean into being healthier, like now, today,
0: by the end of today? I was thinking actually your podcast, it has a different impact on people's health, because if we can get to the core of who we are, essentially, then we can start to take care of that person. And so we we have to look inside of ourselves. And when I say that, it's like that real check-in. What's going to work for me? Because that's going to be different than what works for you. And he and can't be like, I need to lose weight. That is, that is an ambiguous, with no plan, with nothing. What's a strategy? Nothing. So first and foremost, what I, I really believe is that when we don't feel good, meaning connected to somebody, connected to ourselves, how about that? We can't start. doesn't matter how many you know, push-ups and pull-ups and jumping jacks or spin classes you take. So actually, it's really first your, your spirit and sense of checking in with yourself, And being like, oh, yes, I am important enough that I better figure out how I should be eating and moving. And the next thing I need to do is I need to put a plan in place because you're not going to. You can have all the information in the world if you don't have an application and a strategy and a practice, including me. It means nothing. So, you know, if you want to just say generically, I would say breathing in and out of your nose only, keeping your mouth closed, unless you ladies are doing sprints, that is one of the number one things we could be doing. Do not mouth breathe. And it's free and cheap and you can do it anywhere. If you want to get technical, do a three parts breath. Don't make it horizontal where your shoulders come up and down. Don't make it vertical, make it horizontal, like a big circle let your lower belly, we're all holding our bellies in, ladies are holding their bellies in, pull in through the nose, push out your lower soft belly, soft. That's the first part of the breath. The second part's the lower ribs. And the third part, let's say, would be like the lats and make it a round circle and then breathe out through the nose. Most of us are breathing 10 to 15 breaths per minute. You want to bring that down to three or four. Why? Now you're down regulating. So most of your day, you won't be in fight or flight. You'll be calmer and you'll be oxygenating your system because you're breathing in and out of your nose not your mouth more technical mm-hmm. when you breathe with your mouth you scrub co2 when you scrub co2 you can not absorb what's in your bloodstream into your tissues and cells so free and anywhere breathe through your nose but first check in with yourself and peel it back like if something's stopping you what is it work on that because we all know what we should do. The information we've been hit over the head to death with it. We all know vegetables. And if you're not a vegetarian or vegan plants and animals, real food, walk around the edge of the store. I mean, you know, we all heard it, drink more water, be hydrated, get to bed. It's true. But if we don't value and love ourselves in that way and understand the precious commodity that health is, it's hard to sustain it.
1: I am just blown away. I'm Today, years old, when I've ever heard that about breathing in through your nose. And I was a songwriter for 10 years. That's what I did. I wrote TV. And you know. But no one. I never heard that. And I have a broken nose, actually, and a deviated septum. And I don't breathe through my nose. And you're the first person after I've heard it from my ENT. Your nose is ornamental. It doesn't do anything. But this is the first moment I'm like, maybe I should go get that fixed.
0: Because I can't breathe through my nose. You could, you know, I had to get my no, one of my nostrils cauterized when I was very young. And when I started rigorously doing nose breath, I would actually have a bloody nose in the shower for about a week. So we have to also have patience with that because you build moisture between your, your lungs and your nasal passageway the more you do it. And it also, like I said, it just keeps us, we're not, then we're not breathing into our chest and we're not out of our minds all day long.
1: And what you just said about downregulating is so important. And I love that you just handed us something that we can do right away. It's incredible. And like you said, prioritizing and getting that there needs to be this like leaning into and gentleness with self. That's the most important thing. I I fainted on Mother's Day because I was running around taking care of my mom, my stepmom, my sister, my three daughters, like running around and I hadn't eaten. And they handed me a Bellini at this place. And I just passed out in the parking lot. And this happens a lot, like more than I'd like to admit. And I talked to this woman who's a nutritionist and she's like, where is the, like, I'm going to love myself and the inside of this vessel so that I can even give to the world. Like this has to stop. This has to become the most important, sexy priority in your life. And I was just in tears because I, I know that story too well. I think so many women beat that drum of, I just show up for everyone all day and then I'm depleted. And it's like, that is not going to work. It's not sustainable.
0: It's not only not going to work, you're going to be really pissed off at the end of all of it. You're not going to be liking very many people in your family. You know, you're, you're going to resent it. And, and I think that a little positive selfishness is really good. And that's what you're going to teach your daughters. You're going to teach your daughters through modeling. Hey, um, I love you guys but I, I will put myself as high as I can so that I I can be here. Listen, I serve my family. I'm of service to my family. That is my desire. I love it. And simultaneously, sometimes I'm like F off. I got 30 minutes I'm going and I'm going to do whatever training and you can wait.
1: What is your, you mentioned the practice. What, what I can't even imagine that it would be anything close to what we could, or I could take on, but I'm just curious at your level, what's your practice that you 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 have for your health?
0: I mean, I probably train a lot less than people realize because of my other businesses and work, but I mean, four or five days a week, but I train pretty rigorous. So when I do it, I do it. But again, I have a plan. I will give you another tip that a friend of mine, PJ Nestler taught me. PJ is a high performance coach. He works with us with um, XPT and he says, listen, whatever you want to work on. So, if you go, hey, I want to be stronger, ladies, do not run away from weights. It is so important, like, especially as we get older. You have to have a little time under tension. It's good for your bones. You're not going to get too big, like, get over it. So, if you're cardiovascular, your mobility, which also would then sort of equate resilience. So, that means not moving in a straightaway plane, the sagittal plane, but moving in like weird twisting ways. Okay. So, you have flexibility, cardio, strength resilience and flexibility, right? So what you would say is for eight weeks or 12 weeks, two to three months, I'm going to make this the lion's share of what I'm doing. Then you make little improvements. So if you're doing flexibility, of course one day and you'll get your cardio in there and then you might get one day of strength training, but it won't be your focus. Then after you do that, do a different block and then do a different block. And that's how we make progress. We can't do everything all at once because then we end up nowhere and then because years after, go by, we end up behind. So if I could say to somebody, what do you think would serve you the best right now? Okay. Dedicate eight weeks, 12 weeks, and then move on to the next.
1: So good. It's so helpful. I'm going to do that where we've been vacationing, but as soon as I get back to LA, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm saying this out loud. So my listeners keep me accountable. I'm going to get a trainer and I'm going to do this because I have to, there's, I can't keep saying I'm going to do it. Well, with a
0: friend, you need a, a built-in accountability and write it down either on your phone calendar, or I also keep a paper calendar so I can see everything. It keeps me kind of organized is write it down because it will get eaten the day, the kids, the work Right. will eat it alive. I suffer from this all the time. That makes a lot of sense. So
1: I want everyone to check out the podcast. And I'm curious, like for you, you've interviewed so many cool people and a lot of these people are probably people you've known for years. What do you think is one of the things that you've learned in doing the podcast and sitting down and having this dedicated time? What's one of the things maybe you've taken away or that surprised you in a good way that you now sort of walk around with as part of your like curriculum for life that you've got from the podcast?
0: I think for me personally, it would be, More of this, the spiritual components, you know, not the nuts and bolts. I knew a lot of of that already. I think if I was going to talk nuts and bolts, I would remind people the real power of your microbiome and your immune system parallel. 60% of your immune system is in your microbiome. Um, a good person to look at for this is either Dr. Mark Hyman or Dr. Jeffrey Bland. Those are good people for references for that kind of education. I think certainly Katie, I went through a very difficult time with one of my daughters who now is thriving and is almost an adult. In speaking with Katie and some of the the things of undoing the narratives that we sort of started with, yeah. I think for me, that has been sort of the most important thing. Another nuts and bolts thing is if you do have a listener that is training very hard, usually women that train really hard are not eating enough calories, certainly not enough protein, and they should be open-minded that intermittent fasting, even though it's on trend and there's a lot of great qualities to it, may not serve the highly active woman.
1: That's so interesting. And I love what you said about that spiritual piece. And also I never heard that. I I, I know a lot that this is in the zeitgeist about microbiome and making sure we understand our gut health, but I didn't know it was responsible for 60% of what's happening in our immune system. That is, I mean, especially with what's going, going on with this pandemic, you would think that we would understand more about our immune system. Like this is insanity. If yeah. your
0: audience was going to observe any vitamins to explore, because that itself is overwhelming, I would explore and they have to you know, ask there, I'm not a doctor, but what always shows up, most of us are vitamin D deficient, zinc, magnesium, quercetin, QU, quercetin. You'll see the suggestion for 500 milligrams. You can actually go to a thousand. There's a great book called drop acid. If people want the science on that. The other thing is omega threes for women, especially it is very good for their microbiome. And if you're in and around pregnancy and nursing or after, um, the Omegas can really support women and even around their cycle. So I would just sort of say, hey, I know it's a pain in the butt. What really should I take? Pretty much. Uh, we'll keep it simple for now.
1: I can't even begin to tell you how like, from the second you came on, every ounce of this conversation was just packed with value. Like, I just feel like you're so generous. You're so ridiculously humble. You're so loving. I'm like, I'm just kind of in awe. I'm like, well, amazed. It's, self-
0: it's selfish. Cause I don't need to learn the lesson that we're connected. And I don't need to learn the lesson that if I want to keep having as much fun as I'm having, I need to be a good steward. So it is for selfish reasons.
1: You are so stunning and this was like listening to music the whole time. I just felt like I'm like John
0: Williams at the Hollywood Bowl. And I'm just like, it's so good.
1: It's so good, yeah. Okay,
0: I want to say one thing for women is that the most badass people I've ever met, and certainly, I guess what I want for women to understand is we don't have to forego our love and lovingness and femininity because we need it. And I don't mean wearing skirts. I'm not talking about that kind of femininity. I'm talking about, the feminine energy, we can't lose one to get the other. Like I want all of you to go out and crush it and just, you know, take prisoners and don't, you know, no (laughs) name, do whatever you want. I want you to just go for it. Be the CEO. Don't be the CEO, stay at home, raise the kids, hardest job, whatever you want to do. But to go into the masculine, to go into the clear communicator, to go, we don't have to lose the other, And in fact, that is our power, right? The the fact that we can be loving or be intuitive or have that, you know. So I guess if I could just say that before we end, like if we can just keep juggling those two energies, I feel that we contribute so much more to our worlds that we live in.
1: It's just astoundingly true. And I, over the last couple of years, have been thinking about energy versus matter. And like an atom is 1% particle and 99% energy. And we live in this world that's so consumed with like the doing. And if you look at the anatomy, the male gives and the woman receives, and you think about this creation process. And even though that one moment of the the masculine is so integral, you you have to have it. The whole deal, 99% of this whole thing is just from making a space, right? Being the magnet creating the space and, and gosh, could the world benefit from that energetic. And so I just love how you just shared that. And I love how tapped in you are. And what's really cool is that you are a walking reminder of that possibility on every level. So you're co-signing that constantly and your resonance, your very resonance is like putting that into the ocean. So I'm so happy that you do you, and that you've got to come on here today. And I'm so excited to play this for our, our audience because they're just going to go nuts. So well, tell everybody you. where they can find just the podcast Gabby. and whatever
0: else. Yeah. It's the Gabby Reese show. Cause I'm so original and I uh, Gabby Reese on Instagram and um, just thank you for having me on and for being you're very kind and loving. And um, I just, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Such a gift. So easy. How amazing is she?
1: What a powerhouse. All right, here are some takeaways. Number one, that old survival story and reaction aren't necessary anymore. You don't have to keep them alive. Number two, take ownership of who you are and who you're trying to become. The power is in how you feel about yourself. Number three, wake up each day, do your best, and see what happens. Number four, in the end, it's our friends, family, and a form of faith that makes us truly happy. Number five, instead of reacting to things that aren't happening, spend your time in the moment and enjoy it. Number six, if we can get to the core of who we are and how important we are, we can start taking care of that person. If we don't love ourselves and realize the precious commodity that health is, it's hard to sustain it. Number seven, a little selfishness can be good. You need to put yourself as high as you can so you can be fully here. And number eight, we don't have to forgo love and our feminine energy to go after what we want. If we can juggle the two energies, we can contribute so much more in the worlds that we live in. Thank you so, so much for listening. Your support just means the absolute world to me. I'll be talking to some fun guests over the next month, like Alicia Silverstone, Chelsea Clinton is going to be here. So definitely make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow along on Spotify. And if you're loving this show, then please do leave us a review and share the show. It helps so much when you leave a review. And it's it's just one of those things that really it's come down to word of mouth. So Please definitely, if this episode inspired you, take a second and email the link to a friend or text the link to a friend, or you can post about it on your Instagram stories and tag me at kathy.heller and I can repost and you can tag Gabby at Gabby Reese. That's G-A-B-B-Y. R-E-E-C-E. I know that she would love to see that you enjoyed the conversation. And one more thing, if you want to join the waitlist for my retreat, you can go to kathyheller.com slash retreat. And if you know for sure that you don't want to take your chances on the waitlist, but you want to be at our next very, very luxurious, high vibe, super intimate thing. We don't have any other offer where it's just 14 women, where everybody gets a chance for a little bit of one-on-one as well as for a really powerful group experience. If you want that, you can go to kathyheller.com slash lux. I love you. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday.